0: What's up, y'all? And welcome back to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, as always, Jack Vita here on Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. Baseball season is over. The World Series is over. The Atlanta Braves are your World Series champs. I'm going to talk with... I have three special guests calling into the show today. All Braves fans... And we're going to provide you a mix of analysis and just some of the the bliss and excitement that the fans are experiencing in Atlanta. This is something that we've done a little bit in the past. Uh, when LSU won the national championship a couple years ago, I spoke with one of my friends, Larissa Bonaquisti, who was Miss Louisiana in 2017, and she went to LSU. She called into the show 10, 15 minutes. When I have a chance to get a fan reaction when a team wins a major championship in a sport that I cover, this was an opportunity. I have several friends who are Braves fans, and including a few of them who've been on this show in the past. So I wanted to hear from them if their team won this World Series. First time in 26 years. So today we're going to have, first and foremost, we're going to speak with Garrett Powell. He's the golf pro who was on The Bachelorette, and he's been on this show now four times this year. This is episode number five with him, believe it or not. Uh, re- quickly becoming a good friend of mine. Really great dude. And on this show back in June, I was June 20th, I believe it was, he said the Braves are going to the World Series this year. Well, last week he called in. He said Braves are winning the World Series. He called it. He uh, tagged me on Instagram. He was very excited. It looked like he had a tear welling up uh, last night so we are going to speak with him first and foremost and then after him Albert Destrade he's uh, another one who's been on this show now about five or six times die hard lifelong Braves fan actually a Braves fan from Miami Florida Um, and He's been a baseball analyst on here several times. He has a podcast of his own. It's called "It's Not Polite to Ask," where he talks comedy and dating and lifestyle stuff. Uh, so we're gonna talk with him, and I feel Albert will probably provide the most analysis of these of the three guests. And then finally, uh, the always joyous, always enthusiastic, delightful. Teresa T. Bird Cooper from the third season of Survivor. T. Bird has been a flight attendant with Delta Airlines for a very long time. She'll, she says later on in this show just how long she has been with Delta. Um, and she wore her Braves cap when she was on Survivor. Lifelong Braves fan. Last week, we spoke with her when the Braves went to the World Series and won the NL pennant. And she texted Brian Snickers' wife, Ronnie, Veronica, Ronnie. She texted her while we were on the show and read what Ronnie had to say back. She's been friends with the Snickers for 40 plus years and uh, lifelong Braves fan. So we're gonna speak with her at the end of the show. She'll be our third and final guest. So Garrett, Albert, T Bird. It's gonna be a really fun hour or two here, um, and we're gonna we're gonna recap everything and break down the World Series, and then later on. Uh, either later this week or early next week. I'll be dropping I don't know if it'll be one part or two part college basketball season preview with Andrew Stem. I'm going to be taping that tomorrow on Thursday, November 4th, 2021. And we'll be uh, previewing the college basketball season. And then of course we'll have a football show coming out early next week. And then a lot of other great guests coming up on the show soon as well. So I hope you guys, if you guys are enjoying this content, Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on an episode and leave a five-star review wherever it is, well, on Apple Podcasts, but subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of the content we have coming out. Over on my website, jackvita.com, I just uh, released my top 25 rankings and I wrote about in terms of college football, college football playoff committee just put out their first rankings of the season. Not a big fan of their rankings, so check out my rankings on jackvita.com. And you can also get on my email list, so whenever there's new content available, whether it be podcasts or written work, you'll have it sent straight to your inbox, and uh, you won't miss out on any of the content they have coming out. And I'm going to be writing some stuff here soon. I'm going to write a piece on the Braves and how they did this thing, and I'm sure we'll be getting into that plenty today, later on. So... All right, at this time, I've got our first guest of the day on the line. Now, he, of course, uh, is very excited today because back in June, he said the Braves are going to the World Series. Last week, he said Braves are winning the World Series. Garrett Powell, they have done it. And welcome back to the show, my friend.
1: Feels great to be back, man. Feels great to be back as a part of a fan for the World Champions atlanta bay graves awesome <laughs> yeah oh my gosh so what did you
0: do last night for the game what, what were your plans you just watch it at home
1: <laughs> man yeah actually it's it's gonna be kind of a letdown story um <laughs> <laughs> after after i saw the third inning i got really cocky when we scored three and i was like man it, it's it we're done like i, I was hoping Houston would extend... I, I never had a doubt that we wouldn't win it, but I was hoping Houston would extend it so we could end the series in Atlanta. But after the third inning, I was like, well, this Well, the, they wouldn't with, have...
0: So actually, Garrett, they actually were done in Atlanta the next two games were in Houston. Oh, no, nah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but So you you would have been foolish would, rooting for the Astros in that case.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no chance I was doing that. <laughs> but as I, I, you know, I predicted a game seven. I always like to see... Series get dragged out. Um, it makes it more interesting. I, mean, I know it, this sounds weird because it's not like we were up a bunch, and it's not like we were miles ahead the whole series. But I just felt like the Braves had it in the bag the whole time. But then the third inning hit, and I was like, "All right, well that's it. You know, game's going to be over. I don't think Houston's coming back." So I actually hopped on uh, the old Xbox and played Call of Duty with my twin brother for a while, and so. We got off. It was towards the end of the game, and I was able to see the Braves celebrate towards the end. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually watch the whole game. I just had confidence, man, that we had in the back. You didn't want to
0: watch them, like, get all those outs?
1: Well, I, I wanted to watch the last couple of innings, or the last inning at least. But in the meantime, I was like, I actually, truth be told, I don't talk to my brother that much. I was like, this could be uh, good bonding time.
2: Yeah, yeah. So let's I get gotcha. that in.
1: I'll I'll see the celebration at the end. We'll be good, but um, my pick of Freddie being the MVP didn't happen. But that's okay. You it know? was close. Yeah, we're all. He didn't launch a little bomb there. I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe, but that's okay. <laughs> though we're in it for the win. Oh my gosh!
0: It was uh, it was a fun series to watch and. At the time, though, I should a little inside knowledge those who are listening to this podcast. I already taped the first two of our three conversations for this episode, and those are coming up later, even though this here is the first episode that the listeners are hearing. And so we get later on, we get into all of the ins and outs of how this, you know came to be. And one of my takeaways, though, uh, which I, I talk about at length with Albert Destrade from Survivor is that I thought the National League was tougher than the American League at least at the top this year because you know what the the Astros had a really nice year of course they had a great year the Braves truth be told they dominated them in this series like in game in game 5 they're up four nothing and their win expectancy was probably like a 95 98% um they end up losing that game cuz they just don't really have that's a game that I think Charlie Morton would have started. Yeah, Charlie Morton was started, so they're down a starting pitcher. Like, the Braves kicked the Astros' butts this series, Garrett.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was attesting to. Like, I never really had any doubt in my mind that this was going to result in any other fashion than what it did. And, you know, maybe like I told you in June, you can call it confidence, you can call it arrogant. Um, But as soon as as we put three up, I was like, man, I just don't see this team cracking at this point. I don't. And I don't see the Astros. The Astros haven't shown enough firepower to really come back. I mean, I know your example, but overall, they haven't. You know, I feel like once the Braves get the ball rolling, there's kind of nothing stopping them. And I think really that was their theme for the latter half of the year, which is what I called – you know, I'm never going to live this one down. I'm going to keep this thing rolling. I called it, guys. I called it. No one believed me. You didn't believe me, Jack. You tried to stay optimistic <laughs> about it. But, nah. It's, I had somebody look at me like I had three heads when I said that. <laughs> Here we are, baby.
0: Well, to be to be honest... I did. It's really funny. I think I sent you the clip of me talking with Dario, which was I think I talked with Dario maybe like a week before I spoke with you and Dario, of course, from the challenge on MTV. But I was saying in the preseason, I picked the Braves to win the World Series. And I think the first time I had you on, it was like late April, early March. And so it was like, okay, poor start. I'm still riding with the Braves. I jumped off foolishly. I jumped ship around June. And so, uh, there's that clip of me and Dario, and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't see the Braves coming back." And then Dario's like, "Yeah, I'm not a big Dansby Swanson guy myself." And I look at what Swanson did in this series, man. That was so. I looked, I looked smart and very foolish at the same time because I did, I did predict this World Series correctly. If you go back to what I said in March,
1: there you go, there you go. Well, you got that going for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he. Man, you, you sent me that clip. I remember that guy. They're not a big uh, Swanson fan. They need to pay Freddie, and Peterson kind of sucked. And oh, I, yeah. It's like, man, look, look at who stood out in this postseason, man. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Just goes to show you, dude, can't judge a book by its cover. You never know what's going to
2: happen. <laughs>
0: Oh, we love you, Dario. Dario's a great guy, and he had a lot of great insights, but sometimes the takes don't age as well as you would like them to. I said, I've had a lot of foolish things that I've said on uh, these previous podcasts where I sound foolish after the fact. But, Garrett, how about this? Two years in a row for me, I picked the Dodgers to win it all last year in the preseason, I picked the Braves this year, and the National League has won the World Series now three years in a row, I don't know what direction I'll be going in come March, but I don't know. I think maybe it's a good sign after all, if you hear me calling your team's name in March.
1: Yeah, man, maybe it is. What? What's your prediction right now for next oh, year? Oh, gosh. Early, early, early prediction.
0: Okay, so I think if I have to think about it, just uh, this is way too early and there's gonna be so many dominoes falling. I guess I guess what I should say is we don't know we don't know where free agents are signing because Carlos Correa and there are a bunch of other Corey Seeger, a bunch of big time shortstop free agents, Trevor Story, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, like there are a lot of big free agents. So there's gonna be a lot of movement this off season. <laughs> but if I'm like power ranking the teams based on what they are, right now, having a general idea of what direction they're moving in. In the National League, I mean, you have to favor the Dodgers and the Braves to be back in the NLCS once again. Now, Padres are interesting. Giants are interesting. Maybe one the NL Central teams jumps up. Maybe the Mets or the Phillies can figure it out. But Dodgers and Braves have to be kind of the shoe-ins for the NLCS at this point. And they've done it now two years in a row. Uh on the AL side of things, I'm really big on the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they had some rough luck this year. They lost glass now. They have so many good young players. Wander Franco uh, could win the Rookie of the Year this year. And then, you know, they had some rough luck in that playoff series against the Red Sox. So if I had to, I think that honestly, I think I might pick the Rays just because they're the clear AL team that I like more than the AL field, whereas the NL is a little more murky. So I think the Rays would be my safe bet here on November 3rd,
1: 2021. Man, I got a bold prediction for next year too. Um, (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) Let's say I don't, let's say I cannot pick the Braves. Yes. My bold prediction is going to be 2022 World Series David versus Goliath. The L.A. Dodgers versus the Oakland A's. Oakland A's.
0: Okay. Okay. What do you like about the A's?
1: Well, they had a good... I mean, they they lost to the Astros, obviously, like everyone did, towards (laughs) the end of the year. But I'm picking them for the same reason why I picked the Braves, to be honest with you. (laughs) I think they're kind of the the Bulldogs of the AL, and they're going to come scrap their way back. This year, they had a decent end of year. They lasted into late September, but I, I think that was a team that was one or two wins, one or two momentum shifting wins away from carrying it deeper in the season. And plus, I think it's a great storyline. And yeah, I, in reality, I don't know why I'm just feeling it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> same thing. I was feeling back in June, but I know they, had a decent postseason. again, made it decently far, but
2: they didn't make just,
1: the postseason this year. I, sorry, sorry, sorry. End of the season yeah. against the Astros. Yeah. Made it. I felt like they were trending upwards, but
0: that's Seattle. Seattle just, Seattle just like CL kicked their butts. I think CL took four straight against them. And that was pretty much it. It was like, the, Hey, we're not talking about that. All right. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying like, I'm, I'm telling, saying what happened. They up to that point, and then that like survivor, they proverbially had their torches snuffed at that point. Um, but I think to York, to what you're talking about, the Astros are going to look a little different next year because they're not going to have Carlos Correa, and they got to figure out some pitching stuff because Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, I think both are free agents. They don't have a lot of years left. McCullers got hurt in this postseason. Uh, so I, I think there's room for a team like Seattle or Oakland to jump up. I'm just curious to see what Oakland's team looks like because I don't know I don't know the situation of where their contracts are and everything. And I really think they missed this past year, they really missed Marcus Simeon, who had an MVP type year for the Blue Jays after he left. Um, so if they can if they can find someone to replace the production he had, uh, they should be ba- I I picked them to win the AL West this past year. Um, was disappointed that they did not. Um, but of course, Billy Bean has uh, been just such a wizard with engineering and constructing those rosters. So we'll see what he does.
1: Yeah. It's hard to predict too. Cause I mean, let's face it. The A's are basically a farm team for a bigger network organization. And you just don't know who's going to stick there. Someone could get hot early on and, you know, not be there later. So you just, again, I don't know why. I think it's something, if if the Braves are out of it, you tell me the Braves are out of it. I'd say Dodgers A's. Okay. And who wins? You're going with the A's, aren't you? No, I'm going with the Dodgers. (laughs) (laughs) The Cinderella story can only last so long. I hope the A's win. I hope I'm wrong, but Dodgers.
0: Max Scherzer is about to get the richest three-year contract in baseball history. He's at age 37 or 38, but he clearly has a little more left in the tank. And he no one's going to give him like a seven-year type contract that he had just signed with the Nationals in 2015. It just concluded. But he's going to get like a really front-loaded three- or four-year contract where he might get 40 mil annually. And I'm, I think the Dodgers will bring him back.
1: Yeah, that's... um. I mean, shoot, they got the freaking bankroll for it, man. And it, yeah, It must be nice just to have that kind of money to be like, okay, how many millions of dollars do we want to spend today? <laughs> you can just load. It's like no player. is really out of the question for them. And, but I think, I think it goes to show you too, though, if you, you know, kind of the Billy bean story and his whole history, you got to value a team that works well together more than just a bunch of superstars and a bunch of great performers. Um, but so, you know, who knows? that's, it's just, that's why baseball is so great that you got the Billy Bean approach, which is, let's just get people on base. Let's pay for as little as possible, get people on base. And then you got the Dodgers approach where we're just going to get superstars. We don't care how much they cost. Let's get them. And, you know, it's, um, and, you know, I think it's safe to say the Braves kind of side with the Billy Bean approach a little more. When the Dodgers approach this year. You know, there's a team that worked really, really well together. And like I said earlier, it's not a bunch of household names on that team. Um, you know, yeah. best player injured earlier the year, and you think hey, they're done. Well, it's not it's just baseball so great. So what are
0: you going to remember ten years, twenty years from now, they're gonna bring out this team? at Truist Park or whatever they call the park 10 years from now, because they change the names of all these stadiums so frequently. Uh, but they're going to bring them out 10 years, and then they'll bring them out again 25 years. They they love to. It's a tradition. You welcome back the World Series championship teams. What are the th- moments, what are the things you're going to remember about the 2021
1: Atlanta Braves? Uh, the Acuna injury and how many people just jumped ship because of that. Just like oh, cocoon's out and that's it. I think it was what what was it like late June, early July, something like that? It was right really, Yeah, it
0: was uh early July. Yeah. Right before I... the it may have actually been right after the all star break. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember exactly when, but right before. Right before the it was like a week the weekend before the all star break. It's set you know what? This just shows like why I'm single. And why I live with my parents. I remember like the day that Acuna was hurt. It was like the Saturday before All Star break.
1: <laughs> hey man, it's never a bad thing, dude. That's uh, it was dedication. I love it. <laughs> at
0: least I'm at least I'm somewhat good at this job. Hopefully, <laughs> you, you are,
1: man. That's, that's what I'm going to remember when everyone jumps ship, and it's almost like. It's almost like someone told the Braves, well, you can't win it without them. They were like, bet. Watch this. Hold my beer and watch this. (laughs) That's what I'm doing.
0: Jock Peterson and his pearls. Those will be memorable. I'm going to try to forget those pearls, man. Those things are (laughs) (laughs) I think um, I'll forget. I'll remember how at the trade deadline, a lot of people said Braves should sell. Braves should blow this thing up. And instead of doing that and instead of overpaying for like a premium player or two, they found a bunch of, like you said, back in June, like a money ball type approach, undervalued players that aren't going to cost you a whole lot. And they picked up four outfielders instead of three. Like they had some guys in their outfield. Ender Inciarte is gone now. I mean, he was, I totally forgot about that guy, but, um there were some there's some other guys who were kind of in and out but they went out and you know you'll start three outfielders they got four of them and they like to platoon them and the way they used them and uh Rosario was such a spark plug especially in that uh, championship series and the other three guys could all slug and uh hit some big time home runs so they had they had such a good lineup when it all clicked and it all came together they spread it they they really the, the lineup looks so much better Um, A lot of pop in there, but then also guys like Swanson who are just clutch hitters who, when there's a guy on second base with two outs, Swanson's a guy you can trust with the bat in his hands.
1: Yeah, my boy AA, GM, is uh, looking (laughs) pretty smart right now. GM of the year, uh, in my opinion.
2: uh,
1: Yeah, I wonder if anyone's going to try to scoop him up at some point.
0: That's a good question. I mean, the Braves – I don't know – or sorry, the the Mets just tried to get Billy Bean to leave Oakland, and he said, eh, no thanks.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think money motivates Billy Bean at all, man. I think he is – I think he's kind of like Damian Lillard with the Trailblazers. He's just – he wants to take that team to World Series so bad that is the most motivation that he has. I feel like you can offer that guy, the world and Billy Bean wouldn't be interested. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think the Mets might be looking at Alex, dude. I'm not really sure, but hope he stays. <laughs> I think it'll be,
0: I mean, they've built such a good team that this team set up. Snit said it last night on MLB network after the game. Uh, because I didn't go to bed till like 2 a.m. because I'm a crazy person because I'm like, oh, I gotta watch all these uh, post-game interviews and everything. And (laughs) I was watching it, and he said, he's like, you know what? Like, we're this was a down year. We only won 88 games, and we won the World Series. We're gonna have Acuna come back. We're gonna have Mike Roca come back. We have such a nice young core. Freddie Freeman is probably going to get re-signed this offseason. I think Dario got that right. They do need to re-sign Freddie Freeman. And uh, they're set up so well for the next three to five years that if I'm Anthopolis, I want to stick around because I built this team. I don't want to jump ship at this time. So I I would not be worried about that.
1: Yeah, hope you're right, man. Hope you're right, dude. (laughs) We'll see.
0: All right, Garrett, this was uh, an absolute treat. Is there anything else that you want
1: to add? No, nah, brother. I think I'm good. Let's go brave. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for having me on. Yeah, my
0: pleasure. Great job, uh, Garrett. Great having you here. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking sooner than we both expect at this rate. <laughs> Sounds good,
1: man. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, I think we can say that Garrett knocked it out of the park uh, with his prediction. And uh, yeah, great having him call in. Longtime Braves fan. At this time, let me welcome in our next guest for today's show, Albert Destrade. Of course, he competed on uh, the 23rd season of Survivor and he played college baseball at a couple of D1 schools. Uh, Really. Knowledgeable baseball mind. Many of you should know him by now. He's been on this show, I think, like five or six times at this point. He's a lifelong Atlanta Braves fan, and he's on Cloud Nine right now. He actually went out to Houston. He was there on the scene as a uh, reporter for jackvita.com. We got him some
3: press credentials. How are you doing, Albert? Jack, I am doing absolutely fantastic. The Braves have captured a World Series title. I'm strolling to Houston, smile ear to ear. Life is beautiful, my man. Life is good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so how long, by the way, uh, I know you told this story a, a long time ago, but I think you should tell it again. How did you become a Braves fan growing up in South Florida?
3: Yeah, so my uh, my uncle, who's also a friend of the, the show, uh-huh. uh, restless, is District, is, uh, was an original Marlin in the 93. He uh, played first base for the Marlins their inaugural season led the team in home runs and RBIs. And then uh, in 94, tried to come back and played through um, just a really bad injury with his back that he tried to grind through. And then him and the organization parted ways. And, you know, my, his father, my grandfather wasn't too keen on the Marlins from that point. Cause he just wasn't a huge fan of how it all went down. So the only other team that really was on TV for us at the time was the Braves. Thanks to TBS, the superstation. station. So we, uh, we ended up becoming Braves fans and just watching the Braves games at home. And uh, basically, 9-year-old me decided that 36-year-old me today could have the day <laughs> after 20-some-odd years or whatever that is of, of fandom. Here we are, Jack.
0: Yeah, the Braves were really uh, the Dallas Cowboys of Major League Baseball in the 90s. They were America's team. You could watch them every single game. And they were such a likable group. And you grew up in that.
3: Yeah, it was um it's interesting. I you know, coming here to coming here to the to actually see the game in Houston. Uh you know, I was fortunate enough to go last year when the Braves played and at Arlington in the actually championship series against the Dodgers and just seeing how big of a following the Braves still have from not just the Atlanta area but like, you know, the idea of Braves country is a very real thing, I think. Yeah. You know, fans all over the south are really big into you know just supporting the team and coming out and and there was just there was just an energy it was like palpable the level of energy that the Braves uh, had the Braves fans had and uh it was really it's really cool to be part of that man
0: yeah I think a lot of people underestimate the Braves uh fandom that they have because for instance I'm in a group text with several Phillies fans and one of the Phillies fans uh lived in Georgia for a couple years and they're just super salty right now. They hate the Braves. They didn't want to watch the series. At least a couple of them were. Not all of them. Jordan Morandini, he wasn't salty. Mickey wasn't salty. But there's some other guys who uh a little salty, not fans of the Braves. And one of the guys is like, yeah, I lived in Georgia. They don't care about the Braves. They're all about Georgia football. And it's like, yeah, but, okay, first of all, when he lived there, the Braves were in a rebuild. And two... The other thing is that this is not just the state of Georgia. This is like the entire, uh, the the you know, it's the South. They're the team of the South, and they're a team from that goes beyond that. So you mentioned all these fans kind of coming out from different places. That's a pretty special thing in its in its own right.
3: Yeah, listen, it's fun. It's funny you mentioned the Phillies. I mean, I happen to be standing next to a, a good friend of mine who made the trip with me. Who um is the co host for our podcast, it's not polite to ask. And he was actually just reading about the Phillies and their free agency because he's a diehard Phillies fan. Brandon, do you want to say hello to Jack in the program? What's going on, buddy?
0: Brandon, great to have you here. Now you're a Phillies fan. Do you have hatred I in your heart Philly. right now?
2: Uh no hatred in my heart. Uh, you know, once my Phillies got knocked out, uh, you know, I've been friends with Albert for uh about 12 years now so had uh not too much uh difficulty throwing on a Braves jersey and actually rooting for them uh for my buddy Al here man seeing him go through some uh agony over the years with the Braves so I was happy for him
3: Jackie actually captured the Jorge Soler 3 run homer that was Brandon filming that home run that I I was able to get that moment in baseball history and it was pure euphoria it was it was unbelievable
0: <laughs> so first of all Brandon's a really good friend because that's I think that's a mark of good friendship is you want your friends to be happy and not root for your friends' teams to fail.
2: Oh, yeah, man. We had uh, had a very serious uh, baseball-watching competition, I guess you could say, or uh, rivalry when the uh, Phillies took on the Braves that uh, last series of the season. So that was a little bit intense, uh, very (laughs) quiet handshakes at the end. But uh, once the Phillies were knocked out of contention, I I didn't have too much of an issue uh, the Phillies kind of led themselves down that path with, with their organizational uh, kind of mishap. So I didn't have a problem rooting for the Braves. Good group of fans there, man going to some games in Atlanta, man, those, those fans are awesome. So uh, no saltiness from this Phillies fan.
0: All right, sweet. Now let me ask you guys a question as fans of national league teams, I'm going to make an argument here uh, and we'll get into a little more of kind of the nuts and bolts of this series in a second. But You know, the Braves really looked like the superior team in this series. Now, of course, they're the team that's playing the best baseball right now out of anybody, and that's a big—I mean, that's why they won, of course. But the Astros didn't have much trouble rolling through the Red Sox, rolling through the White Sox, and now the National League has won three straight World Series. I think—I personally think that the top teams in the National League this year— we're much better than the top teams on the American League side of things. What do you guys think about that?
3: Yeah, I mean the, I mean the, uh, I think for most people, the biggest juggernaut or scariest team in this postseason was the LA Dodgers. They, they're yeah. a team with all the like we discussed before in the program. They have all the resources. They have the big name talent. They added to an already stacked roster when they added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Um, there, I think that getting through them to the Braves was kind of the biggest, you know, uh, hurdle that we were kind of like nervous about as Braves fans. It's like, we got to get by the Dodgers. We're get by the Dodgers. And then once we were in the you know world series, it's, it's almost like a free roll. Like you're playing with house money. And I do believe that there's a lot more, I think the national league teams have, have been, have done a better job of um, kind of putting themselves in a position to win. The, here's what I see with the American league right now. There's, there's kind of two teams. There's, the young up-and-coming teams that aren't there yet in the Toronto Blue Jays, the Chicago White Sox, you know, kind of the Seattle Mariners in a way, right? And then there's the aging older teams that are, you know, the Red Sox that, Getting a little bit older. Even that Astros team, if you look around today, that's not a young team. You have Yuli right. Gorriel at first, 37. Michael Brantley's 34. Jose Altuve's not young any longer. Um, you know, Zach Krenke's not the, the same pitcher he was. That's an older roster who's, that's starting to turn over a little bit, especially now with Correa potentially on his way out. Um, so the, the cha- there's a changing of the guard in the American League, in my opinion. Uh, so that's kind of where they're at. And I think the National League teams are pretty poised uh, to make some moves.
0: Yeah, I think the thing is that if I were to do a power rankings going into the postseason this year in terms of like ranking true contenders, the teams that – I if I were doing a, a rankings list, the, there's only two that i put in the top uh, six or seven that would be in the American League, and that would be the Rays and the Astros. After that, I didn't, I didn't think the Red Sox were going to get through the American League as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I didn't think the White Sox would – Definitely didn't think the Yankees would. I thought if the Blue Jays got in there, maybe they shake things up and they were a contender. Uh, but I really only saw two true contenders on the AL side. Whereas with this National League thing, there were the Braves. There were the Dodgers. The Giants won 107 games this year. The Cardinals were on fire going into the postseason. And the Brewers had that top three pitching staff that was just lights out.
3: Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. And especially, I mean, as people, it's funny, Jack, at, at the beginning of the, the season, you know, I came on your show, and we discussed the National League East being uh, arguably well, everyone expected to be the toughest division in baseball. And the Braves only ended up winning 88 ball games in that division. But I think that division isn't done yet. I think the Phillies are going to come back stronger next year. Continue to spend money. I think the Mets are going to continue to uh, invest in their future. You know, the Marlins are up and coming. I think there's, you know, the Nationals are probably going to be the only team that's not going to be very competitive next year. But um, you know, Brandon, as a guy, as a Phillies guy. I'm sure he'll tell you, you know, that that's and at least is not going to be easy the next couple
2: of years. Brandon, did you want to add on to that? Yeah, I mean I, I just think that you touched on an, an interesting point that a lot of people forget about uh, with postseason baseball as it pertains to, you know, the National League and performing and that's who's playing the best baseball. And I do think again as a non-salty Phillies fan that people forget with with what the Braves have, man. I, a lot of those guys are You know, big time guys, you have guys like Adam Duvall that people slept on that led the National League or was it even baseball in in RBIs and hit almost 40 bombs this year. You have guys like Jorge Soler who hit 48 bombs a couple of years ago, Eddie Rosario. And those guys clicked and they had, you know, a team that probably should have cost $200 million that they got for some discounts. And those guys all clicked into place. And the Braves were able to kind of pitch around their lack of pitching funny enough. Guys like Tyler Matzik and uh, and Will Smith performed almost perfectly. And if those guys don't do that, and they have to rely on some of their other, you know, guys in the bullpen. I don't think that the result is the same. They just kind of had one of those perfect runs. Um, and then another funny thing is, I mean, I don't think that anybody was really counting on the Giants being any sort of contender, even though they won 107 games, which I'm, I'm not sure how that ended up. But I don't think anybody really feared the Giants this postseason
0: I, I disagree with that. I think they were not feared to the degree of the Dodgers. Like I think everyone would rather face the Giants than the Dodgers, but i I do think they were maybe not feared, but they were a threatening team. They were I think they were a legitimate
2: contender. I think I would have even rather faced the Giants than the Cardinals. I thought the Cardinals personally were scarier than the Giants.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I mean, the the Cardinals won 16 or 17 straight games and you don't want to play a team like that. I mean, they had like the same type of thing that the Braves had cooking up where they're playing their best baseball at the end of the year. So that's fair. I just think, I guess my thing is you compare all these teams collectively and I would rather see the White Sox, the Yankees or the Red Sox than pretty much any of those other teams that we mentioned on the NL side.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And and the the strikeout obviously comes into play there. I mean, you know, when you're catching a run of of swing and miss bats like the Yankees, I mean, you can run through that lineup and kind of have K-Central there. Uh, You know, the contact teams, to me, tend to be a little bit scarier. And that National League ball, as you kind of mentioned with uh, the three uh, championships in a row, that contact-oriented you know philosophy comes into play more in the postseason, more than over the course of 162 games.
0: Yep, 100%. All right, let's. I want to touch on a few other things here. So, uh, you guys are at the game last night, and Albert, you've been through this before in terms of what happened in the first inning. Max Fried has his right ankle stepped on. And prior to that, of course, Mike Soroka hard hit ball right into his right lower leg. Last week, Charlie Morton. Uh, hard hit ball right into his right lower leg. Just absolute dumb luck, uh, fluky, weird plays in all three cases taking out. Uh, were you thinking? Were you thinking in this point? I mean, because they took out two of the Braves' top pitchers over the last few years, and then of course what happens to Freed, the ace of the staff, heading into the postseason here. Were you? Were you thinking like, oh no, here we go again? Is was that? What was running through your head in that moment?
3: Yeah, you bring up an interesting point, Jack. I think the Braves have actually been victims of some really interesting injuries to pitchers—not arm or you know traditional pitcher injuries, just like fluke type plays. Even going back to Tim Hudson uh, when he was a Brave, you know, he had a play similar to what happened to Freed last night, where he you know blew out his ankle on a play at at a PFP play at the you know first base. Um, my initial thought was definitely, oh my gosh, we we cannot afford to take have Max Freed take an injury like this in the first inning and you know interestingly enough i had mentioned to brandon prior to that inning i was like listen man here's a big indicator for freed his velocity will tell you a lot about his ability to be effective and he's a guy who will fluctuate from 92 93 to 96 97 when he really needs it and ironically enough that play kind of got him mad if you saw his velos, he was ninety four, ninety three with uh, to start the game, and then after that play, when the when the, uh, the Astros were threatening with two runners on, you saw him dig deep and find some sixes and sevens and start amping it up. I mean, I, I looked at a guy, honestly, Jack, who he was in the zone and he was his mentality was they are not going to take this away from me, and that injury, thankfully, was. Um, I mean, I I, I I would tell you, knowing the kind of competitor Maxie Reed is. He wasn't at a hundred percent that that thing was probably bothering him to some effect. And we saw it late in the ball game. I think in the sixth inning, his velocity kind of went down into the low nineties where he started relying on his changeup and off speed more. Um, I'm sure he was hurting. I'm sure he was barking a little bit, but he wasn't coming out of that ball game if he could stay in and his adrenaline and his competitive nature, I think drove him to uh, carry the Braves in that first part of the game.
0: Now, Albert, the Atlanta Braves have had, well, the city of Atlanta, state of Georgia, for that matter. It's been a rough 25 years. They've been in so many positions. Just even the last few years, the Falcons, 28-3, everyone likes to point out that one in the Super Bowl uh, in 2017 with the Patriots. And then the next year, Georgia football was up on uh, Alabama at the half of the national championship game. Atlanta, state, the state of Georgia, They've been so close, so many times. They're so close to hosting the All Star Game this year. They had that taken away from them. Everything. It just feels like when you watch these Georgia teams the last twenty five years, you're waiting. It's like a horror film. You're waiting for something to go wrong. At what point in last night's game did you think this horror film? This is not a horror film. This is a fairy tale.
3: Um, a lot to unpack there for me personally. Uh, <laughs> number one, w- one of our biggest one of the biggest hashtags trending on Twitter for this Braves playoff run was stop the narrative or beat the narrative because there is a narrative with Atlanta based sports on just everything going wrong at the very, right when you're on the precipice of winning, that's a thing that's happened as recent as last year. And for me, it's really interesting because I guess I never really thought about it like this, but maybe a reason why I love this team so much is that's kind of been something that's been a theme for my life. Like, I made it to the finals of Survivor, didn't win. <laughs> I was on the, I was in a top nationally ranked high school baseball team where we were top, ranked in the top 15 going into the state finals. We had six of nine draft uh, of our starting nine drafted at least once. We lost in the state championship. I was, uh, I've, uh, you know, I've coached uh, pretty high level college teams. We, we were runners up in the you know, championship game of the of our uh, summer league that I coach. I mean, I've, I've always been that guy that got close to the end and never made it. And Brandon will tell you, like. From just de- standing next to me and dealing with me yesterday, I, I, I had a hard time, Jack, believing it was real. I kept asking him, I was like, wait, so if there's three more outs, the Braves win the World Series? He's like, yes. The trophy celebration's out. The stage is out. They're handing the trophy to Brian Snicker. I'm looking at Brandon. I'm like, <laughs> Brandon, we actually won the championship. He's like, yes. Like, Brandon could see <laughs> my insanity, how it really didn't hit me. And Brandon, were you the
0: one that tried to go on uh, the Amazing Race with Albert and you got caught? Is that, are you a part of this story, no. too, of
2: shortcomings? <laughs> no, no. Different friend. I have my own shortcomings that is a long list, but that's not one of them. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say, his brain has been so insane this playoff run. We actually went also to the uh, NLDS in, uh, in Atlanta, and Albert got so insane. Excited when Freddie Freeman hit the home run off Josh Hader, he thought it was a walk off, even though it was the bottom of the eighth <laughs> inning, and forgot that there were still three outs to game. Hit total mind loss. His brain's been just kind of in disbelief this whole I playoff. Rose
3: baseball. I literally was so excited, I was so I just was like, we, "We the game's over." I, it just, it, it's so real <laughs> to really grasp it that it's. I've had a hard time like under processing it. <laughs> he,
2: he literally seemed like the angry, uh, the angry Indians fan in. Uh, in uh, major league. He's like, they'll blow it in the ninth. <laughs> he just did not seem to have any faith until it actually happened.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So, Albert. Uh, I know you and your uncle Orestes are very proud of your Cuban heritage. Uh, Jorge Soler, a fellow Cuban winning the World Series MVP. Uh, Was he the first to do that? And I'm not sure if he was or was not, but was that special? Did you have a connection there? Was that uh, that nice for you?
3: It really was, man. It was interesting to see um, him come over from Kansas City as a guy who I always thought was a very... Um, just a guy with a, the, the the sky's the limit for his talent. Uh, and yeah. it's a really special moment as somebody of, of a Cuban background like myself and my uncle to just see guys like that shine on the biggest stage possible and bring um, just kind of, you know, positive light to Cuba and our, our story tradition of, you know, excellent baseball players. It's, it really is a shame what's happened politically in Cuba where yeah. we don't have the ability to see some of the great Cuban stars. I mean, Yuli Guriel, for instance, was, one of the greatest international players in the store in in the history of international baseball. When it comes to um, you know Cuba's team playing against Japan and uh, you know the other teams in Latin America, he Yuli Gurriel didn't have a chance to come to the United States so he was almost out of his own prime he came here i think at 33 or 32 years old uh in his 20s he was considered you know if he if he played in his 20s this guy would have been a top five hitter in baseball so a lot of these guys don't have the opportunity to get out of cuba to even play baseball at the major league level so it was really special for me to watch that um first yeah cuban world Series MVP actually since levon hernandez did it in 97 oh, for the Marlins, right? yes um you know that that year still kind of hurts us as a brave yeah man, screw Super the Marlins. Barack yeah, yeah, Florida Marlins. Exactly. He had a, he had a, that infamous uh, Eric Gregg strikeout game in the, in the National League Championship Series, where he uh, uh, kind of propelled the Marlins. But um, yeah, it, it was a really cool moment to watch and a really cool, special thing to have. And uh, I'm sure that's you know just to watch it in person and watch him hand the trophy while he was wearing while Soler was wearing a Cuban flag was just just it was just a just an unbelievable moment.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the video that Brandon shot. I don't think you've put it out on Twitter, but if you don't, I will. There's a video of Albert last night, Horner hitting this moonshot of a home run, and a, a true moonshot that I think they said it went 430 feet or something. It felt like it went 600. It felt like it was it was a you know, just oh, he absolutely crushed it. And there's a a candid video. I don't think, Albert, I don't even know if you knew that he was recording you or whatever. Like, you were not playing to the cameras, and Albert was just losing his mind, screaming. It was it was fantastic. It was great.
3: To put it in perspective, they, the Brad, the famous home run that Poo Holes hit off of Brad Lidge at, yeah. at Minute Park, which at the time seemed like it went infinity, this ball just left it in the dust. It was unbelievable how far he hit it. It wasn't planned. I didn't even know we were being recorded. Uh, Brandon said I made sounds that he'd never heard a human
2: being make before when this home run was hit. Um, what, what, like what, did you, what did you see, Brandon? Yeah, I, I've seen countless home runs uh, hit both live and on television. I've had a very long baseball career myself through college baseball. I've seen very few home runs go that far. I'm very confident that that ball went significantly farther than Freddie Freeman's ball. Uh, that ball had to be hit 475, 480 feet minimum. That ball... From, from the moment it touched the bat, it seemed like it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I, I don't know how I just so happened to be videoing and follow the ball out of the stadium.
3: Yeah, Jack, what we didn't see in that video, we will tell you, is I, I, I kind of blacked out. I'm jumping. <laughs> I'm screaming. And I think at one point, I just kept yelling the phrase, large Cuban human. I, boy, <laughs> so it was, the I was like, large Cuban human. <laughs> he really is. He's a large Cuban fella, and he just absolutely <laughs> pulverized the big one. It was beautiful to watch. It's so
0: fitting. I tweeted this last night, but it's so fitting that Jorge Soler was the first of the Cubs' young core that the Cubs just cast off. They like, said, oh, we're done with this guy. We don't need him anymore. Trade him for a year of Wade Davis immediately after the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, and he's the first member of the 2016 Cubs to collect a second ring. If that doesn't summarize like the Theo Epstein Cubs era, I don't know what does.
3: Well, yeah, well the Braves have a lot. The Braves have to be very thankful for the Cubs, I guess, in, <laughs> an, in an indirect way, right? You you look at Jorge Flair. you look at Jock Peterson coming directly this year. <laughs> yeah, you look at a lot of little pieces. It uh, it's 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 always fun to kind of add up how they got there. As a you know, when you win a World Series and you and you and you reverse engineer the path there, and it's always uh really interesting. Hey,
0: speaking of how they got there, I wanted to mention this to you. I want to go back to when the Braves made the moves after 2014 season. 2014, they really fell on their faces after uh, 2013. They made the playoffs, and they had a nice little run there with Jason Hayward and Justin Upton. and that That core, well, they knew they saw the writing on the wall. This team wasn't good enough. Hayward had a year left on his contract. Justin Upton had a year left on his contract. And they started to blow that thing up. Now, if you look at what those trades became, Justin Upton turned into Max Freed. There were some other pieces that got moved back and forth that ended up becoming like Adam Duvall was a guy. There's a prospect they picked up and that prospect they ended up trading for Adam Duvall later on the first time they had Adam Duvall. And then the Justin, uh, the Jason Hayward trade Jason Hayward goes to the Cardinals. He has like a one-year left on his
3: contract. Shelby, Shelby Miller came back in that deal.
0: Yes, they got Shelby Miller. They have one year of Shelby Miller. They they max out on Shelby Miller, and they sell him at his peak value. He never has another all-star season like the one he had in 2015, and they turn him into eventually what ends up being Dansby Swanson, Ender
3: Inciarte, who's... Tukey Tucson came over uh, from Arizona, too. That was... The Braves really. Luke Jackson was another like
0: piece they, they they turned into, or there was a guy they got and they turned turned him into Luke Jackson. So they, you know, Jason Hayward is a gift that keeps on giving. They they really like like we talk about that was those were building blocks. Those were trades from seven years ago, and it all came to fruition now. Um, what a rebuild! But yeah, you sorry I interrupted. I was just saying that uh, I felt bad for Ender they didn't get
3: to be a part of this. He, listen, I think I think he, he he had a chance to really be an important piece for that team as they rebuilt and rebuilt and remade the culture. Really, you know, I think the what what I think I undervalued is, you know, I, I kind of consider myself a pretty savvy baseball person. Is something that the Braves put a lot of emphasis on that paid dividends was defense. Right, Alex Anthopoulos yeah. is big on building a strong defensive ball club, and Ender Inciarte was a cornerstone of of that new defensive first mantra. And it really showed. I mean, you know, there was a couple uh, miscues in the middle infield during this World Series. But as somebody who watched a lot of Braves baseball this year, I got to tell you that defense was a very big catalyst and a very big reason why they were able to play and make it to the level they, they played at. You know, when 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 you're, your bats go cold and your pitching is a little bit injury injury prone sometimes, defense can something that can really set you and 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 keep you going through those the dog days.
2: Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that a lot of people forget, you know, you see a lot of these big name guys and people forget that baseball isn't like basketball or even like, you know, a football quarterback or something like that where one guy can make that much of a difference. And I think that the Braves get lost a little bit in their advanced analytics. And they, you know, you mentioned writing on the wall. I mean, I think that their player scouting and their analytics of players is, you know, some of the top in the league, you know, you get, Teams like the the Rays and the Astros, they get a lot of the credit, but, you know, the Braves have been, you know, ahead on that for a long time. And they understood that, hey, what we can get back for a, a Jason Hayward will ha- benefit us in the long run more than, you know, even a Jason Hayward at his peak performance. you see guys like, you know, Mike Trout sitting there on the Angels, you know, all the talent in the world, you know, once in a lifetime player. And in baseball, that just doesn't cut it. You know, you need multiple pieces uh, in, in order to have a shot at a title.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly right, Brandon, and I just think it's a testament, if you look at what the Braves did and how they built this thing, the whole world, baseball media, fans, social media, people kept wanting them to go out there and sign Bryce Harper or sign Manny Machado or you know, trade for Chris Bryant, make a big-time move. The Braves never sacrificed their farm system. They always they hung on to these guys. And sometimes that works for teams. Sometimes it doesn't work for teams. Sometimes you bet on the wrong horses. But I, I look at how the Braves built this thing, and I'm just so impressed with how all these guys, look at Austin Riley, look at Swanson, some guys that a lot of people say, hey, maybe you should move on from these guys. Um, they, they all came together. They won this championship. And now you look at their future, they have such a good young core with even more prospects coming up through the pipeline. I think that they built a championship the right way and you know, you can you might be able to comment on this as a Phillies fan. You look at what the Phillies have done over the last 10 years and they've gone out and they've tried to solve problems by throwing money at problems and uh, I like, I applaud
2: the Braves for their
0: patience is what I would say.
2: Well, One, 100%. Um, I mean, it's the, the cliche of the, the tortoise and the hare and you, you know, drew it right back to the Phillies, like I was going to mention. I mean, you know, you can't just direct inject a, a championship with even a few uh, hundred million dollars, as the Phillies have seen, uh, you know, bullpen problems and, and still hold uh, in that offense. And even, you know, you had a team like the, uh, the San Diego Padres that had a little bit of homegrown talent and tried to, you know, infuse it with more. And it just doesn't always work out that way. And I think that the, you know, the teams like the Braves that understand their lane extremely well, that they're, you know, mid-market, especially as far as their budget goes, that, you know, it's better to build it from the long run. And even teams like the Astros, you know, hey, you know, we'll sacrifice a couple of years, but we'll have a contender for many more, you know, from these sacrifices that we've made because we're not going to go out and spend $300 million on a Bryce Harper because we have, you know, five holes to fill.
0: Right. Albert, are you, you said you're back now.
2: Yeah, back in there. Sorry, had a little bit of
3: technical difficulties. We're on, we're doing a road game here. We weren't just on the road for yeah. the World Series, Jack. We're on the road for your program too. But we're back. We're back and rocking now.
0: All right, good stuff. So, anything you want to add? Brandon and I were just chatting about how the Braves built this thing through patience, not going out there and making the big moves, hanging on those uh, farm farm system guys that they believed in, not. Selling low on a guy like Austin Riley, but seeing him and Swanson and a number of other pieces uh, meeting that full potential, and then of course, you know, making those moves seven years ago down the road, declaring a rebuild, trading Upton, trading Hayward, and now seven years later, the patience really uh, paid off for them.
3: Right, and uh, you know, I think there's like <clears throat> some really interesting things that that happen every postseason. Jack, I think that teams do something or try something that hasn't been really seen or done before. And then everyone else in baseball is like, aha, uh-huh, that's really interesting. I, maybe we should do something like that. I think we saw it, you know, a couple of years ago with uh, the bullpenning bullpenning started becoming yeah. the big, right. Or piggybacking on starters or, um, you know, things like the opener. Um, there's a lot of th- people that try things and innovate. And all of a sudden now it's like the new big thing. It's funny. I think the Braves might have done that this year where generally conventional wisdom tells you in baseball, you're either in or you're out. And what does it mean to be in or out, right? You're either playing for the future and not buying or you're supposed to be going all in and getting the big guys and trading your number one prospect and moving, you know, mortgaging big parts of your future to win now. The Braves actually, I think did the most interesting thing where they added for now without mortgaging the future, and they added more than one piece. They didn't go out and say, you know, if you look at what the Rays did, they went out and got Nelson Cruz. They got one big piece. If you look at what, you know, the the Dodgers did, they got a couple big pieces. And then you look at other teams. The Mets. The Mets, right? They went and got Javi Baez the Brewers got a couple small pieces. They got Rowdy Tellez, they added Eduardo Escobar. The Braves kind of found that perfect middle ground where they weren't all in for the Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, huge name guy. Sorry to bring up your Cubs, but um, – <laughs> but- <laughs> and then they weren't really getting like the, the pure bottom-dweller, like low-tier guys. They got a bunch of guys in the middle. They got Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, uh, Rich, Richard Rodriguez. They added a bunch of mid-tier talent and made up for losing Ronald Acuna through three, four, five different guys. And I think that might be a blueprint for teams in the future. Instead of saying, all right, we either got to go get one huge guy or stay put, it's like, why don't we get five really good guys? And then... You know, be able to contend now. And guess what? The Braves didn't lose a single uh, impactful prospect for their next five years. They didn't trade Christian Pache, they didn't trade Drew Waters, they didn't trade um, any of their big arms in their minor league organization. They were able to do the best of both worlds. And I think other teams might start to model their their deadline strategies after this, because guess what? It led to a World Series.
0: Yeah. Uh, One thing I want to say on the Astros, and then we can uh, wrap this thing up. I felt for Dusty Baker last night. I saw him right after the game. I mean, he's just a guy who's been a good guy, great reputation his whole career. He's been close before, you know, always a bride, never a bridesmaid. Uh, I I, will not say that I felt too horribly for the rest of the Astros, but I, I did feel in that shot after the game ended, felt a little bad for Dusty would have been nice to see him win one. It still would be nice to see him win one one day.
3: You know, in an age of baseball becoming ruthlessly efficient with analytics and numbers and stats, you had two throwback managers in this World Series. You had Brian Snicker and Dusty Baker, two guys who are old school and, I think, two of the most emotionally invested managers. Like, you know, these aren't guys moving, callously moving chess pieces on a chessboard. These are two guys who, like, truly care about the players and the the people on their team, I mean a lot a lot of the big themes and uh, you know quotes I read from Braves players is the reason they won was literally they they just love and care about each other, and I think Brian Snicker and Dusty Baker kind of build that that mindset in their dug in their clubhouse. A lot of the quotes I heard from Dusty Baker, he wasn't negative on his team. Even when they were down, he's like, I believe in my guys, I support these guys. And it wasn't just him giving lip service. I truly believe that he, he feels that way. And that's-, that's probably why he's had a job in baseball for so long. He's probably not the best X's and O's guy, in my opinion, but he's a guy who clearly creates... Uh, a loving culture. The players love playing for him. I remember reading an Al- Alex Bregman quote saying, Dusty's just a great guy. He's a guy you want to play for. And I think there's still a human element, a human value in those type of guys. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's hard when you see teams lose. I remember sitting there last night and watching the Astros fans take it in and, it sucks a little bit. I have been on that side. I've been on the painful side of that, watching your team come so close to just fall. And there's guys on that Astros roster that, you know, are easy to root for. Zach Grinke is a guy who I love and I think deserves to win a world title and may may never get a chance to. And, you know, Michael Brantley is a guy like, if you don't like Michael Brantley, you don't like baseball. He's just, (laughs) he's what a baseball player should be like, man goes about his business quietly, does everything the right way, plays the game the right way. So um, your heart goes out to them, but that's what happens when you play at this level, man. For these stakes, it's right. you know, he's gonna be real happy. Someone's gonna be real sad.
0: Zach Grenke most likely recorded the final hit from a pitcher spot in baseball history when he pinch hit. He actually had two hits in this series, uh, but he pinch hit in Game Five, I believe it was. Yeah, and uh, we're probably not gonna have pitcher spots anymore in Major League Baseball. And I'm an NL fan. I like NL baseball more. I just want I want you guys to hear my thoughts on this and not to get into the whole DH versus no DH because the DH is going to come this offseason. It's going to happen most likely. So if we're going to have a universal DH, my idea is let's have, you know, there's a players weekend. And by the way. I don't even know if they did the players' weekend this past year, where the players get to put whatever they want on their jerseys, and it feels a little more like an intramural softball league than baseball league. You know, they the league likes to do showcase games. They had the nine eleven game this past year, which was really cool: Mets versus Yankees on 9-11, 20 years later. Let's have. I I want this to happen. Let's. I'm going to get this out there, and I hope people get behind this idea. National League weekend. Once every year, and you don't have to do it with the American League teams, but have all the NL teams play their longtime rival or old-time rivalries. You could do other stuff to kind of commemorate and you know make a big deal about classic National League baseball, which was the true original version of professional baseball was National League baseball. And let's just have no DH spots for one weekend, three games, you know, in a series. NL teams playing each other. What do you guys say?
2: I'll, I'll personally you know speak on that. I'll do anything to preserve the national league way of things. I, I personally am extremely against it, and I think that yeah. it's such a a chess match factor from baseball. There's so many less moves to be made. I, I understand it from you know major League Baseball's you know perspective of you know keeping guys healthy. It's also, I don't think enough people are talking about. it's definitely going to speed the game up. There's going to be less pitching changes because of it. There's gonna be less moves made and obviously it's going to be more exciting for fans I obviously you know grew up on national League baseball and love it but I do like your idea anything to uh, to preserve that national league kind of way of things um I do think that you'll see kind of a, a resurgence though uh, you mentioned he's the last uh, he might be the last pitcher to hit I do think that you know with the DH coming into play in the national League you will see more opportunities for some two-way guys to come into play some Michael Lorenzo but Shohei Otanis. I know Albert mentioned there's, uh, you know, somebody I believe coming up in the either Astros or Braves organization that's Braves, a two-way the guy. The
3: Braves' uh, second overall second pick this year, Spencer Swollenbach out of Nebraska, was actually drafted as a two-way guy. He was a shortstop uh, for three years, pitched this year for the first time. Ended up operating
2: 95 and 98 which sink, and I think the Braves might give him a chance to be a two-way guy. So, yeah, yeah, just so yeah, you might see some uh, some pitchers hitting or some you know half pitcher half. Uh, have players kind of, you know, being involved in that. But uh, I mean, like I said, I I understand it Uh, doesn't mean I have to like it, but I do like your idea of having that kind of National League weekend.
3: I think it's a great idea, Jack. And I think it's we forget that it's sports and it's entertainment and it's fun. And I think this is a really cool way to honor, you know, what will unfortunately probably be the game of the past, the National League game. Will kind of, you know, be forgotten fully, but surely, like we forgot, you know, other other parts of baseball, like when starting pitchers used to throw complete games and all that kind of stuff. So, it's a cool way to honor it, and I think that it's you should we should get some traction going because, for this idea. This is this is uh, this is something that I think could catch on. It would be pretty cool if uh, if you were the you were the spark to get that going. <laughs>
0: I'll write a piece on it probably next week. We'll get it out there. Send it out to everybody send it to everybody. We get this thing out there. Start. Someone can start a petition. I'm not a big petition guy, but uh, someone can do the petition part for me. We get that out there. I think it'd be so cool because it's like, you know, Players Weekend. It's like, I don't understand what the draw of that is. It's like, okay, cool. Like, he gets to put whatever he wants on the back of his nameplate. Like, fine. I don't think that really moves the needle for everybody. If it's anything, it's just, like, social media content. I think that's pretty much all it is. National League weekend, this is a way that you don't entirely alienate the old-school fans of the game who are going to be upset with this change. Like Brandon said, you can preserve it in some regard, and I think that'd be a really good thing for the league.
2: Well, I also d- don't think enough people are talking about the fact that, you know, I think that's going to put National League teams at a disadvantage for a couple of years because of the way that they've yeah their organizations, the way they've recruited talent, and the way, obviously, they've seen themselves you know, filling pieces over the next couple of years. You know, they they really do set their organizations up, you know, over the course of a couple of years. They've got guys in their pipelines to fill certain positions. And now National League teams are, you know, oh, you know, we don't have people that can fill this role.
0: That's exactly right.
2: All right, well, uh, final
0: thoughts here. I have to call Garrett from The Bachelorette now. So, uh, Albert, I want to know what was last night like for you as a longtime fan and how, I mean, it's a fun ride. You know, you got several weeks here, there's a parade, they'll do a parade, I'm sure, very soon. I mean, what was that like for you, and how has this just enhanced your uh, your mood right
3: now? Euphoria, disbelief, relief, uh, surprise, shock, uh, emotions, <laughs> I uh, it was a flurry, it was... It was hard for me to grasp, Jack. I kept feeling like I was in the middle of a dream, and I was about to wake up. And I was like, "Please let me not wake up." I just it's, <laughs> when when you're so invested in a team, in a game, in their success, that you know the the fabric of their success kind of weaves into what your success. Like, I didn't throw a pitch, I didn't catch a fly ball, I didn't call <laughs> a play, although I would have loved to. Or make a pitching change but i felt like i kind of won the world series yesterday and that was <laughs> to me utterly satisfying in a way that um you know it, it's hard to replicate i'm a pretty even keel guy in life those who know me know i uh, i kind of modeled my life after what it, uh, funny enough tom a, a famous Brave, tom glavin who always said when he was pitching he didn't want anybody to know if he was up by 10 or down by 10 right he always kept that even keel thing and that's kind of how i am in real life the Braves are the only thing that let me break that, that I yell when something goes bad and, and cheer when something goes good. They're the only thing I really let myself go on, on the entire spectrum of highs and lows. <laughs> so experience that was special, man. And to see it in real life was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I'm very thankful and grateful that I got to do it. Well,
0: I also feel like I won a championship this year because remember when I said on our NLE show that the Braves are winning the World Series? Yeah, I yeah. called it.
3: You did. You actually did. That's right. And Trevor Palouf also uh, had that famous tweet going around where he picked the Astros, <laughs> picked the Braves to beat the Astros in six. So I'm glad all all, the, all you pundits who picked the uh, the Braves. You know, I didn't have the courage to do so as a as a fan. <laughs> Always sees mom under the bed, but I'm glad you were right, buddy. I'm really I'm really really glad that you
4: were right. Well,
0: two years two years in a row. I had Dodgers last year, so uh, should make for a fun off season, and I'm sure we'll be. Uh, Talking sometime this offseason and break things down. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, guys. This is a lot of fun.
3: Thank you for having us, mate. Hopefully, we'll do this this time next year when the Phillies beat the White Sox in seven games. That's my prediction next year. <laughs> and how do you feel
0: about it? I'm, I'm all for it. You, you don't sound like he believes it, though.
2: <laughs> no, no not, not with our bullpen. <laughs> or uh, our, what is it? Our arm barn? Arm barn. Yeah. Let's not get started on that. We don't have
0: enough time left. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Fantastic job from Albert and Brandon. I've been wanting to have Brandon on for the, on the show for a little while now. So I'm glad, uh, we were able to get the Brandon Shaw experience complete with me bleeping him out one time (laughs) so we can cross him off the guest list. No, I'm just kidding. Love to have him back sometime next season. He provides some good insights and I'm glad, I'm glad he, we had him join us, uh, a good dude and uh some good insights and he got to witness albert's range of emotions over the past few weeks um albert obviously great guest as always fun chatting with him and now we move from one survivor final five member to another survivor final five member she was on survivor season three survivor africa she was a flight attendant from atlanta and she's been rocking the same braves cap that she wore on the show 20 years ago. Uh, the always joyous and always enthusiastic T-Bird Cooper. Let's get her on the line. At this time, I would like to welcome in one of our guests for the day. It is a very good friend of the show. We spoke with her last week. Uh, we had a fun about 45 minutes or so talking Braves as the Braves made it to the World Series. And she said she would call in if the Braves won the World Series um, the very enthusiastic and very delightful former Survivor Africa contestant, Teresa T Bird Cooper. Welcome back to the show.
4: Hey Jack. hey, Jack. I guess now I'm calling you JV. Hey, <laughs> JV. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for having me back
0: it's like how you call and cb yeah
4: i know cb i I love him love cb so anyway i heard something i heard there was a game on last night here in atlanta but (laughs) my flight schedule kind of interrupted it so what happened last night
0: didn't no it did not you're kidding
4: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm kidding i text text my good friend of mine that, that i've known my whole life and i sent her and her husband had text and I said, hey, you guys. I said, I'm getting ready to go to bed. I said, so let me know what happens. And right <laughs> away, kind of right away, they knew. Come on. So, yeah. How exciting. So, Jack, we were hoping, hashtag Braves at five, but I will absolutely be happy with hashtag Braves at six.
0: Yes, Braves and six. Well, you know what's cool, T-Bird, is – Last week, you gave your pick. You said, hashtag Braves in five. My prediction was actually Braves in seven, and so was Ryan Packett, who joined me on our World Series preview last week. He said Braves in five. So, uh, Braves in six. It was a nice little average between – an average score between your score and my score, I guess. We split. Yeah. (laughs) We split.
4: Okay, that's good. So – what about Garrett? I mean, Garrett said they were going to go. Did he
0: actually say they were going to win? So Garrett said, he didn't say it back in June, but he did say last week, he called in last week, and he said, he was like, at first he didn't want to give a prediction. He said he was his one prediction was that Freddie Freeman was going to go off and win the World Series MVP, um, which he didn't end up winning World Series MVP. He did go off, though. He had a great prediction. Uh, Postseason, a great World Series. He said Braves in seven. So, you know, I guess that's a a balance of me and Garrett saying Braves in seven, and you and Ryan saying Braves in five, and we got the little we we can split it. We we were both half right, I guess.
4: (laughs) Yes. Hey, and look, I'm not even gonna. I mean, Garrett predicted they were going to be in the World Series after they were down. You know, middle of the season, so. Garrett can do no wrong at this point. <laughs> he was he was he was very very close, and um, the I was wondering Glenn and I, as we were watching it, and it was so exciting. I'm so glad. Of course, if they had to have played another game tonight, I don't think I could have taken it because <laughs> you know just just the excitement and the ex- anxiety and the stress and the, the everything that comes along with it, and you know we know how it goes. Yeah. That's part of sports, but That they, they, that they won last night. And even the first, the first inning when they were up to bat, they did not score. But they were, I told Glenn, I said, Glenn, they're swinging the bat with such purpose. I mean, they just seem so, I don't know. I just had a feeling that, you know, and Glenn said the same thing. I think, I think they're going to do this tonight. And they just looked so strong. They looked really good. So, to get such a lead and keep the lead and have a shutout, wow. It was fantastic. I mean, it was nice to actually watch the game and also knowing, JV, that things can change on a dime. And oh, I yeah. know that and I get that, especially with the Astros. Um, and the, But it didn't happen last night for the Astros, and I was so happy that I could actually sit there and watch it. And somewhat, I was relaxed.
3: <laughs> somewhat. I, I got to a
4: point... <laughs> At the fifth, the fifth inning, when we got to the sixth inning, I finally told Glenn, okay, I'm a little more relaxed. I can actually sit down now because I stand. When, when something's happening, I have to be standing up like right up at the TV. Sitting down does not work for me. I have to be pacing or walking or something. So, But another thing, so did you guess the uh, MVP player? So Garrett thought it was going to be Freddie. Um, I wasn't sure who it was going to be. I think we kind of thought it would be uh, Tyler. The uh, pitcher?
0: Oh, Matzik, yeah.
4: Matz, yeah. We thought it would be uh, Matzik, um, only because I talked to you last week, and Glenn and I were at that last game when they actually, you know, cinched it and went yeah, to the, against the, Dodgers. To the uh, World Series. And I thought Tyler Matzik was really part of that. I mean, I know it's a team, but I feel like he's the reason that they – they won that last game to be able to go to the series. And then he still continued to do great, even in the World Series. So we really didn't know who it would be. Um, I was not disappointed with Solaire. So very awesome and very cool. So, so I have something baby. on Soler.
0: I want to talk about Solaire. Before we talk Solaire, I want to go back to Tyler Matzik. Do you know Tyler Matzik's story?
4: I, I am a little bit familiar with his story, uh, how he had – I think suffered with some, maybe some, maybe mental, some mental issues, some depression. I hope I'm getting this right. Yeah, so
0: Tyler Matzik was a very high draft pick in the 2009 draft by the Colorado Rockies. He was like a number 11 overall pick in that draft. And for those who, who might not, if you want to put yourself in the perspective of a, an athlete, when you're drafted that high and you sign for what he signed for a $3.9 million signing bonus, there's so much pressure. And you've succeeded at every single level in your life when you've played baseball and probably when you've played all sports. You've been probably the best guy on every team you play on. You get to the minor leagues, and you know minor leagues are tough. And he struggled in the minor leagues. People thought he was a bust. He was out of baseball and playing independent league baseball at one point right. which isn't associated with major league or minor league baseball at all um, and now at age 31 he he ascends and he becomes like their potentially your pick for the World Series MVP just a fantastic story and then of course he's been vocal about how he overcame depression and anxiety just, just a remarkable right. story
4: yeah and, and you know that's just it JV so many remarkable stories with this group of guys which which would be with any team there's everybody has a story everybody has a story but when you get when you get to hear these stories and get a little up close and personal with some of these players and what they've gone through to get where they are it's really it, it really makes it really real it, and you feel like you even know more and and it's more JV like you know I've talked about Brian and Ronnie Snicker and they really showed them, if you watched it all the way through how they talked about, uh, Brian Snitker being with the Braves for 45 years, you know, managed the minor leagues, brought up, put back down, I mean, brought up, but, but always so respected and always so loyal and dedicated to the Atlanta Braves. And his wife, you know, you can't, you gotta mention the people, the big support systems Hmm. behind these guys or behind the women that, that are successful. Um, however long it takes, and his wife Ronnie, definitely one of those that that raised the kids those February through September, October when right. he was gone. All you know, so it's really like you said, like with Tyler Massick, everybody has a great story, and it's really neat to hear them, and it makes it even more special when you see these these players win. And, and last night, JV, when they were showing the Braves, oh my gosh, cold chills watching. All right. When Dansby got the last hit, threw it to Freddie Freeman. Just watching that moment, it was just fantastic. But anyway, watching them, watching them, and then occasionally they would flash over to the Astros side. I'm like, don't do that. Don't, don't do, don't show. I don't, 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 don't make me sad like that. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a team that's got to lose, and of course, I know I was pulling for my Atlanta Braves, but I don't lose sight of the feelings and the emotions on the other side when they don't make it. And and I know they've done well the last few years and they've been there, but you know, still
0: T bird, you touched on so many things there that I want to uh, circle back to. So first uh, Brian Snicker and Ronnie Snicker, of course, some people may not have listened to you last week, um, you've known them for a very long time. You've been good friends with Ronnie. You texted Ronnie while we were recording last week. And I I saw Brian on MLB Network after the game, and he said, like, yeah, this would not have been possible if it weren't for Ronnie allowing Troy to be able to play high-level baseball, take him to all this travel games. He was playing, and now, of course, he's the one of the hitting coaches with the Astros. And he's like, yeah, I mean, that's such a long grind of a season, like you mentioned, February through November, and uh, yeah, he said, like, this is all because of Ronnie, which was really, really cool, and of course, you uh, you texted Ronnie last week while you were on here. Have you texted her since they won it last night?
4: Oh, yes, yes. I actually text her and, and Brian together. You know, I don't know why I get emotional when I'm talking with you and when I'm talking about their story, I guess because... I know a little bit about their story from you know how supportive they've always been of each other and you know just what you just said uh ronnie getting doing everything with these kids from when they were first born and letting brian chase his dream of, of baseball and then you know her taking care of troy and aaron that her, their daughter's name is aaron so Anyway, and then I was telling Brian last night. I mean, Brian, <laughs> telling Glenn, last, my husband Glenn, last night. I said, you know, baby, knowing them way back when he was when I first met Ronnie, and and Brian had just been with the Braves for probably just a few years, couple, you know, less than, you know, two or three years. Ronnie never complained at all about him being gone all those months. She just did what she did, and to think that she's done that for 45 years, that is powerful. Yeah. I mean, that is a powerful marriage. So, yes, I actually texted them both and said, you know, as as much as I wanted this win for Atlanta, for the Braves players, for the Braves fans, for the city of Atlanta, I wanted it more for Brian and Ronnie because, you know, of their of their very, very cool story, so... He is, and and I don't know if you heard the interview with Freddie Freeman right after the game when they asked him about Snit, and um, he was just saying just what I said. I mean, nicest person you could ever meet. Just you know, and even in even in his interviews, JV, he's very humble. Um, That's just that's just who he is, and his wife again is, is wonderful as well. So I am so so. So happy for them. And then this is what I wanted to. You tell me your opinion on this, JV. okay. So when they won, I said to Glenn, I said, Glenn, what about Troy? I said, they showed him over and looking, you know how they sh- they showed some of those flashes over the other side that I didn't want to see because they weren't happy they weren't in their happy place at the moment. So one of them was they showed Troy and he was looking out at the field. And I said to Glenn, I said, why doesn't he go out there? Why doesn't he go out there with his dad? I mean, that's his his dad. I mean, and again, Clay, I'm a mom. So <laughs> Glenn was like, no, no, Teresa, he can't do that. This is the Braves moment. And I said, I know, honey, but this is their son. This is their son. So I never saw him go out there during that time just to congratulate his dad. I think that would have been a really sweet moment, especially with the story with them both being in the world series. What's your opinion on that? Please, JV. I got yes. it. Yes.
0: So I think the thing is it it would have, he would have had to have the whole Astros team come out if he did that, because he's in that moment. He's a member of the Astros who just lost the world series. He needs to be there with his players and manager, like he he can't make that he can't be a part of that moment. But just because he's not running out onto the field in his moment of defeat does not mean that he isn't last night getting together with his pops, giving him a big hug, you know, maybe having a drink or two or a cigar or whatever they like to do. I'm sure there was plenty of celebrating going on when the cameras were not there and it wasn't in that moment. And a lot of times the players will go and they'll congratulate them after like you give them space to celebrate on the field. And then a lot of times the players or the managers, the coaches will come over to the locker room after the game and say, Hey, congratulations. Now, not everyone does it, but I'm sure, I'm sure there was a connection shortly after that game concluded.
4: Right. But you know what I'm saying? I didn't expect him to go running out there really fast, acting like a brave. I just expected yeah. him, I guess, to go out there because that's his dad. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a pretty powerful, and knowing that they've, they've, gone, they've made this journey together.
0: Yeah. I'm you know, sure he would have loved destroyed. to. I just don't think he could have.
4: Right. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. All right. It makes sense. Well, I just wanted your opinion. Again, you know, all right. What about this? We got Freddie Freeman. His contract is up. Yes. What are we going to do about that? We can't lose Freddie Freeman. He's part of Atlanta. And then even with Sicker, you know, I thought, where do you go? I think they said that Brian, was he like the second oldest general manager uh, to either, to win the series? Did uh, I see that somewhere? That would
0: make sense. I mean, he's not the general manager, but he's the manager. Uh, there's the a, manager. Uh, yeah. Oops. Um, uh, That's a good question. I don't know how many years, I think you probably have a little more insight into how many more years the Snickers want to do this thing. Um, But, I mean, I don't think he's, he's not getting forced out anytime soon. He won the World Series. And I think, you know, he said it, I saw him on MLB Network after the game ended. And by the way, for those baseball fans, if you want to watch like, after the World Series ends, do not stay on Fox after they give the trophy. Go to MLB Network. It's all baseball all the time. It's baseball people doing it. Their shows are fantastic. And they brought him on. They talked to basically everyone from the Braves at some point. They brought him over their desk. And Snit said, he's like, honestly, like I think we got a lot of great years ahead of us. I mean, the team's so team's so young. I mean, they yeah, they got to lock up Freddie Freeman, but they have the money to do it because they've been, um, and I'll, I'll probably talk, you know, I talked about this with Albert. thing with the Braves is they had opportunities over the years to spend money, and they were patient with this core of young players. They didn't go out and buy their team. They didn't go out and make that big move, and now they have money to potentially retain Freddie Freeman and other players from this core I think Freddie is going to... I think he'll sign an extension. He could have won the MVP this year. He won the MVP last year. He's still playing a very high level of baseball. And to think the fact that they got to the World Series and won the World Series... In a year when they lost Mike Soroka, they lost Marcelo Ozuna. It's like I totally forgot that Ozuna was even on this team. And then, of course, they lost Ronald Acuna Jr., who right. was on track to win the MVP this year. So you're gonna get you're gonna get Acuna back, hopefully, Lord willing. You're gonna get Soroka back, hopefully, Lord willing. And then another year of experience underneath these guys' belts. I think the sky's the limit for this Braves team moving into the future.
4: Yeah, well, I guess I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, even though when you when you look at when you're when you're at the top of your game, literally, you have just won the World Series as the manager. You know yeah. where do you go from there? But except winning again, of course. But with that being said, this is what he's done for forty five years. Obviously, it's a love, yeah. it's a passion. Retire to do what? If you're doing what you absolutely <laughs> love, then it makes sense that he would, you know, keep it going. So I hope, yeah. I hope so.
0: This is his moment, okay? Jorge Soler, you brought him up earlier. I want to mention this. You said who had Jorge Soler winning World Series MVP? <laughs> Albert did. Albert. And Albert also, Albert and his his uncle Orestes, pride themselves on their Cuban heritage. Jorge Soler, I believe, was the first ever Cuban-born World Series MVP. I could be wrong on that, but uh, it's pretty sweet that he won it.
4: Well, we'll get Albert to do the research on that. It's really, yeah. really awesome that he won it. And I guess with the money that Albert won, he'll be able to buy him a sports car just like <laughs> Soler won. Just <laughs> like it. They can have matching cars, matching convertibles. <laughs>
0: Well, it's like we have so many smart people on this show. I mean, Albert picked Soler. Garrett picked the Braves to get to the World Series. You picked the Braves to win the World Series. Uh, Very, very uh, blessed to have so many great people on this show. Okay, I have a Jorge Soler story I want to tell.
4: Okay, tell it.
0: Because this is the first time that someone's won the MVP that I've met before in person. Okay. Yeah, I met Jorge Soler at Cubs spring training back in 2015. Went to the uh, went to spring training with my dad and my brother. And here's the thing: at that time, the Cubs were not good. So back then, you could go to like spring training practices. They're just open to the public, and there were maybe 20 people tops there and you could talk to the players. It was like the movie field of dreams. You're just watching them practice in front of you. You can talk to them. A lot of them will walk down this path and sign autographs and take pictures. Um, So anyway, there was a time, actually it was at a game, I believe after Solaire was, we were there early for a game. Solaire was doing his warming, his uh, morning jogs and his stretches. And he had only played a few major league games at this point. He was still a rookie. And Solaire, he comes up, he's kind of like, he's walking up and down around the third baseline, um, and we're over in the front row of those seats there. A lot of people lined up to sign autographs. Actually, not a lot, just a few. And he kind of is looking over, and he looks like, all right, should I go sign autographs? Should I not? Here's the thing with Jorge Soler. He looks like an NFL linebacker. He is a very, very jacked and large human being. He's like okay. probably like six foot six foot four wow. um, ext- extremely muscular. So he's like a big dude. Kind of intimidating, to tell the truth. Like I would, And uh, he doesn't speak a lot of English either. At least at that point, he didn't speak a lot of English. He came here from Cuba. Right. And so he kind of is looking around. He looks kind of mean and scary. And he's walking up and down the line. He's kind of looking over at us. He's like, should I sign autographs? Anyway, he made eye contact with me. And I said, hip, hip, Jorge. <laughs> and then he... All of a sudden, like he, this big scary guy, broke into this gigantic smile and a laugh, and then he came over and he signed a he signed a baseball for me, and he took pictures and signed autographs with fans.
4: Oh, very um, neat. That's very He didn't have neat. anything to
0: say. I think I I think I said something <laughs> to him, and he didn't. I don't think he knew what I was. I well, he, I should have approached him in Spanish, but
4: <laughs> well, who knew? But his smile, I'm sure, said it all. Now, yeah, he
0: had a big you, smile last night too. If
4: you only, if you only had that ball that he crushed 446 <laughs> feet over the train tracks in Atlanta to give him that 3-0 third inning lead. If you only had that ball.
0: Oh my gosh! I know. Can you believe be...
4: that hit? Can you believe that perfectly <laughs> beautiful hit? And and I actually read earlier that there was a party going on. Out in that area, it's a, a gentleman. Actually, I guess they were watching the game. They're out. There's the ball out there, out there on it's called uh, the street. This Crawford Street here in Atlanta. That'd be a pretty full, good, pretty fun thing. That to would find.
0: be, yeah, what? it would be so cool. And they they listed that home run at like 435 feet. It looked like it went about 600 feet. I know. <laughs> it.
4: You know what? I have to. I have to meet Solaire and say, "Hey, Solaire look, I've got this ball here, you probably want it. Wouldn't that be a cool <laughs> way to, I mean, wouldn't you think, he, yes, he was the MVP of the series. He hit, he got it started off. As a matter of fact, I told Glenn, I said, Glenn, that hit right there might have just sealed their win for World Series. Because I don't know I mean if we had to score it anymore. Of course, now no, and it would have. But would that be cool if this gentleman says, I need to find Soler and give him this ball? I would do oh, that. Oh man. I would want to do that. I would think Most I people aren't, aren't as nice this. as you
0: or as selfless as you, T Bird.
4: Well, I don't know. I mean just the <laughs> idea but 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 JV, just to meet him and say yeah. here and to hand him that would be worth more than sitting up you know, in a bookshelf or something. To me it would. To me it would. Well, yeah,
0: I know. I, I feel you. I get that. I think he would, the other thing is if someone were to do that, he would, he would give them something back. Not to say that that's why you should do it. but
4: No, right. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I was just doing it just for the moment to see what, just to make him happy to know that was the ball he, that for every reason in the world. And also I was thinking, you know, the ball that, um, Freddie Freeman caught to end the game, I thought, I wasn't sure, did he stick that in his back pocket? Because I thought Probably. he looked... I, I knew he he threw his glove okay. down. And I was asking Glenn, I said, Glenn said something, I wonder if Freddie kept that ball. I said, I, it looked like he dropped he definitely his glove did. and he stuffed something in his back pocket. So, yeah, Freddie okay. kept that ball. So, I think we need did to it. start something here <laughs> in Atlanta. I gotta go, you know, I need to go find... uh Solaire's ball and get it back to him. I think I need to be in charge of making that happen. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) Freddie. Here's the thing Um, when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, Freddie's friend, Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo, uh, him and Freddie are good friends, and they've been, I think they're around the same age too. Rizzo, the first thing you see when he collects the, he gets the, uh, last out of the World Series, you see him putting it in his back pocket as he wants to hang on to that. He knows it's history right there, yeah. and so I'm sure Freddie did the same thing.
4: Right, I thought he looked like he did, and I figured you probably would have noticed that, but I'm thinking he did. So, anyway, how exciting! So, Absolutely okay, wonderful. I gotta ask
0: you, T. Bird, yes. as a as a lifelong Braves fan, uh, you know the last time they won, 1995, 26 years ago. That's the only other time they won in Atlanta. They had so many good teams. Um, What was last night like for you? How did you enjoy the night? What was your experience? And I'm sure you're still feeling amazing today, too.
4: Yeah, again, I hate to beat a dead horse, JV. But, Jack, (laughs) I mean, again, to watch it and know that a good friend of yours is experiencing what Brian and Ronnie and their family were experiencing, it made my yeah. heart just, it was just made it swell a hundred times, just knowing how hard they worked. And if you notice this, of course I did, cause I was focused more on Brian when he was up there, when they first put him up there on the platform and he actually mouthed to Ronnie, we did it. Um, hmm. and I thought, wow, that is, just just a very cool thing. Again, it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Um, so that's really I've been I've been glowing and my I've been so happy just thinking about how happy they are and you know what they went through to get to it I know I know that's what I keep saying but you know <laughs> that's how I feel so yeah it's great and it's great for the city I've uh, you know brave hats everybody's got brave hats on everywhere and it it always brings a community together when something like this happens so I think it's it's good for any for any city, especially good for Atlanta right now. So that makes it even, even more special.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that all of you are going to enjoy what the next several weeks bring. I mean, they're going to be, some of these guys are going to go on the late shows on TV and maybe someone will, I mean, sometimes they bring the world champs on Saturday night live and it's going to be a fun ride over these next few weeks So, enjoy it, have fun, World Series parade. I hope you're able to go to that. And then,
4: Um, yes, you know, Chevy, I was just looking and wondering when that was going to be. It looks like it's going to be on Friday, and I don't know that they've got the details thrown together yet completely, but I think they're trying to decide, you know, the Atlanta Braves were in Atlanta, then they moved and opened a new stadium in Cobb County. So, I think they're trying to figure out, even though the Atlanta Braves, if they're going to have the parade in Atlanta. Or if they're going to have it in Cobb <laughs> County or if they're going to, you know. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But, yes, that will be that will be a, a very fun parade.
0: Yeah, so enjoy the ride. Enjoy the, what the next several weeks bring. And then it's Georgia dog season. I mean, it's Georgia dog season right now. But uh, Georgia right now, Georgia Bulldogs football team, number one in the college football playoff rankings, undefeated, uh, they're looking extremely strong. Who knows? Maybe things are maybe things are starting to change over in Georgia. It's been yeah. it been a rough 25 years in Georgia yeah. sports. And,
4: and, and after now we got to bring the Falcons. We got to get the Falcons up there too. So hey, uh, the Falcons never are going to need yeah. a little more
0: work, I think.
4: Never say die. <laughs> well, you know what? You just mentioned Saturday Night Live, which you know I've been a Saturday Night Live girl for years and years and years and years and years. And years. Um, so you just mentioned who knows maybe we'll see them there so it'd be great to see the Braves on Saturday Night Live but then from there this is what I'm thinking JV from there we got to see one of these players cast for survivor because you know they would love Ooh. to cast these athletes would that be well, awesome after we... they retire yes yes
0: because they're not after... they're not gonna like go you know be malnourished and then try to play baseball right, in the right. middle of the season so
4: yeah that's right so
0: so who do, do you like... want to see on survivor who how do you, you think like a... is someone that We could actually see on Survivor. Oh,
4: gosh. Okay, I got to think. I guess I set this question up, didn't I? I should have been thinking about it before (laughs) I threw it out there. All right, so I'm thinking Brad Culpepper right now. I'm thinking Rocker. Okay, Brad Culpepper. But Rocker was a brave. John Rocker. And John Rocker was out there. Okay. Okay, I got this. I got this. I got this. I didn't even have to (laughs) think about it. You know who I'm going to say right. Let's see how well you know me, JV. Who am I going to say? Right. Who do I? Te- who was I texting you during every game? And I said, oh, "That's my." Well, guy. you just
0: gave it away. I was going to say that anyway. Yeah, Ozzy Albies.
4: Albies. Oh my gosh, he is adorable. He's got that unbelievable smile. He's like a dynamite spark plug, and even last night, um, one of the one of the. Um, broadcaster said something about Albie's just having a great spirit and a great energy and and they were interviewing him after the game and he said you know what it's just all about having fun and I could actually see Albie's out there and because he's got such a happy persona and of course he's an athlete and he okay Albie that's who I want to see that's my answer how about you how about you who would pick it out? There? Well the you- way you
0: describe the way you describe Albies makes me think of Jay from Millennials versus Gen X. You think he'd be kinda like Jay?
4: Jay okay, there oh, Yeah. That's that's a good one. That's a good comparison. I don't know if he'd be yeah, I guess so. I guess there's some definitely some some similarities out there.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm just ahead. someone that I thought of of like a Survivor contestant who's just really happy to be there, who'd be enjoying the challenges and enjoying the moment and be a fun happy person okay i'll give you mine um i actually have a couple so okay. the first one would be jock peterson
4: oh mr J- mr Tober. Yes. yeah
0: in his pearl necklace i think yes. that would be he'd be great for survivor
4: it would but you know what yeah his his uh his uh what am i trying to say his, uh, we don't have them anymore. But for years, we did have them. Remember, you could take one. Uh, you could take one thing with you. It's called your what? What's it called? Oh, the
0: luxury item. Luxury. Sorry, I, I thought oh, I was gosh. thinking of the. I was thinking of the pearl necklace. That's what no, I thought you were talking about.
4: That, well, that's, <laughs> where I, that's, that's where I was going. So yeah, and his luxury item would be his pearl necklace. Of course, we don't do they don't do luxury <laughs> items anymore. But yeah, that might give him away, Mister October. The pearl necklace might give him away. Listen to this. That's a great one. I know you said two, but why we're on Mr. October, uh, Mr. October just won two World Series in a row. Does he yeah. have two World Series rings? And I guess he'll wear one on his left hand and one on his right hand to go with his pearls.
0: And he's a free agent this offseason, so if I'm a team, I'm signing him right away because he's bringing something good to the club. Right. He's going for three.
4: Yeah. So, you know – He's going to be all jeweled up with World Series rings and pearls. and you know what he <laughs> he we we didn't see him for many of the first few games, so I was glad to see him start last night. I said, I said, Glenn, Mr. October's in, and he was back. So you know, I knew he had some he had a little dry spell, I think there for a little while.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. Okay, the other one I have is someone that is very overlooked, I think. All I right. think a lot of people might not know about him. Jesse Chavez.
4: Chavez. Okay.
0: Jesse Chavez, uh, reliever, and he's been, Jesse Chavez, first of all, great guy. Um, he drives, I saw an interview with him, and he drives a camouflage truck, and he's a huge uh, backer of the United States Army and the armed forces in this country. He's, uh, so I think he's into, he loves the army, and I think that's kind of like the early survivor is someone like Frank, on your season who and Clarence is another one people who served in the army and they know how to do the outdoorsy stuff. Um, And so, you know, I would think survivor piece of cake after you serve in the armed forces. Now, granted he did not serve in the armed forces, but he's a big fan of them, a big supporter. And Jesse Chavez, by the way, if you want to talk about adaptability, the ability to adapt on survivor, which you need to have, Jesse Chavez has played on 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 he's been in 12 different locations over the course of his major league career over the last 14 years he's oh been my on gosh. Tw- some of he played i mean some of the locations he came like he was on the Braves twice he was on the Rangers twice but he's basically been a journeyman who's been on a different team every single year. Right. I, I think he'd be pretty good moving from one alliance to another.
4: Yeah. Well, God, you got the stats on everybody there, kid. That's great. <laughs> yeah, he would, but, but I still say between uh, Chavez, Jesse Chavez, Mister Jocktober, and all these, I can't go with all these because only because. Right. I think. Remember, when you're playing a game, it's such a social game. You want to uh-huh. come off, you know, with personality, people liking you. And if you're too serious, or you're, I don't know, Mr. Jocktober might not bring the the social game. He might be. Yeah, he might
0: he might rob some people the wrong way. Yeah, I don't know I'm if thinking, he'd do as well.
4: I'm thinking Mr. Jocktober might do that. And where I'm thinking <laughs> Albies, Albies has just got that personality that you just like him. You just like him, and you yeah. just keep him around, and there, all of a sudden, there he is. So, but well, got a Chavez, few more- is Sh- Chavez is
0: similar. Chavez uh, is similar. He just doesn't get – He he's not in front of camera as much because he's not a star. Right. Um, Chavez is a very well-liked guy, very good guy, um, and he's a really interesting guy, too. So I hope I hope we see some Jesse Chavez interviews over the, the next couple months. In fact, hey, Jesse, if you're listening, you're welcome on here anytime, man. <laughs>
4: yeah, Jesse, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I have to look out for him because, like you said, because you said he's a relief pitcher. Yep. You know, I haven't seen him. He's the one with the
0: goggles. Oh, yeah. With the goggles. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen him quite as much to know as, you know. So, okay. Very good. All right.
0: T Bird, this was an absolute blast. Is there anything else you want to add just about being a Braves fan and what this is like right now in Atlanta or in Georgia? and they experienced the ride. I'm sure it was a lot of fun this postseason. I enjoyed, I enjoyed texting with you during the games.
4: Yeah, Jv, I have really, really enjoyed it as well. Um, you know, you've been such. You know, you don't live down here in Atlanta, and I know you've got mm-hmm. other teams maybe that are ahead of the Braves for you. But you have been so wonderful, so supportive, talking <laughs> to me during this you know, all these playoffs and I have really, really enjoyed it. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, so I'm less of a fan now and it's more that I root for stories. And so I thought the Braves were a great story. But also I'm I like I want my friends to be happy. So if I have friends, like I'm like, all right, I have one friend who's an Astros fan and I have about five to ten Braves fan friends. So Naturally, I'd like my Braves fan friends to be happy. The Astros had their fun a few years ago, right? uh, Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, and I love, I love the other thing is I love baseball. So I always love to talk with the fans of the teams when their teams are doing well to get an idea of what their thoughts is because no one knows their team better than no one knows a team better than its fans do. Right.
4: Yeah. That's right. So thank you so much for this and. You know, I am. I'm getting ready to uh I'm actually still in Atlanta right now. Um, you know, I live about an hour, Glenn and I live about an hour south of Atlanta. But I'm still in Atlanta. As a matter of fact, I'm not that far. Um, you know what? Oh, you know what I was gonna tell you? They were having a yeah. they were having a Braves party last night at the stadium. We thought about going, you know, they actually opened it up for, a you know, a very small fee to go um, to that. We did not go. And as matter of fact, they kept showing the battery, which is outside of the Braves Stadium. I don't know if you're familiar with that, you'll hear them saying the battery. It's outside of the stadium, and that's what they kept showing all the pictures of the, the Braves were at the battery there. Um, they never showed how many people actually paid that $10 fee to go in the stadium to watch it. But that would have been fun to have experienced that on the big screen, but you know. Yeah. The, so you guys, the,
0: you guys spend the night in Atlanta, or do you spend the week in Atlanta?
4: Yeah, actually, you know, I fly for Delta, which, by the way, Delta Airlines, the team, um, the the airline of the Atlanta Braves. Um, I'm on call. I was on call the last few days, so I stay close to the airport here when I'm on call because I got to be able to jump and run. So we were up here these last couple of days so we thought about going over there to the stadium to watch it just because we're a lot closer up here in atlanta than we are way down in jackson which is like an hour (laughs) plus from there but anyway it's okay it worked out we watched it here at the house and it was wonderful
0: all right well t-bird enjoy the ride and uh we'll have to have you back on here Maybe sometime this winter and we can talk about your survivor experience one of these days.
4: That sounds great. That sounds great. Jack, thank you so much. Have a great day. And you said, are you getting ready to talk to, um, not Gary, are you talking to, um, Albert?
0: So I got, so actually for, for those who are listening, so I'm, I'm thinking that this part right now that I'm recording with you is probably the last segment of this podcast. So... I even though it's the first one I'm recording, so I'm getting ready to talk with Albert and Garrett. So those both those guys were on here before you, even though you recorded the with this I got with me it. before. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Tell Albert A little, and uh, Garrett peek behind to to the make curtain. sure, hey uh, JV, when you talk to Albert and Garrett, would you please get some lottery numbers for me? <laughs> See what you can do for me on yeah, that. Yeah,
0: you you need to meet those guys.
4: I do. I want to. I look yeah. forward to it.
0: Okay, and you're at T Bird Cooper on Twitter. So if people want to uh, get in touch with you, do you have a hashtag you want to give out for this?
4: Oh God, we gotta have one. Even though we made one the other day, and I didn't act right, I forgot to add it. <laughs> <laughs> you text me and you said, uh, "T Bird, you forgot the hashtag." I'm like, "Oh dear Lord." All right, Chevy. So yeah. Let's, what are we? What? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna say? Uh,
0: well, Braves and six. I feel like is too. It's too generic. Like, we need yeah. to add a flair to it. Okay. So, um, hmm. Something we can do with uh, Albies being on Survivor, maybe? Survivor Survivor Ozzy?
4: Survivor. <laughs> okay. I got to make sure I spell it right. I got to make sure I spell his first name right. Survivor. No, that
0: one... That- because that that would, people confuse that with the other Ozzy from Survivor.
4: I, oh, yeah. You know, right. Yeah. And yeah. That, that might not be good. Um, Survivor. Oh, gosh. Survivor. Well, we could do Albies. His last name.
0: How about... I was going to say we could do uh, Delta Braves, maybe.
4: Yeah. Let's do hashtag Delta Braves.
0: Hashtag Delta Braves. And by the way, for those who don't know T-Bird... She's been a flight attendant with Delta for how many years now?
4: 41 years.
0: 41 years. How about almost that?
4: Most as long as Brian has been with the Atlanta Braves. But not That's... quite. He's <laughs> almost. Trump. Almost, but not quite. <laughs> almost but not quite. Yeah.
0: All right. Hashtag, hashtag Delta Braves. Tweet at T Bird. Tweet at me. She's at T Bird Cooper. I'm at Jack Vita Show. Thank you so much, T Bird. This was an absolute treat.
4: Thank you, Jack. Have an absolutely wonderful day.
0: Well, folks, that should do it for the 2021 Major League Baseball season. I sure had a lot of fun covering things here on the Jack Vita Show. And on my website, jackvita.com, for the 2021 season. This is the first time that I was covering baseball like it was a full-time job. And I may not be making really any money from doing this, but I sure love doing this. So I'm glad you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. We had a lot of great guests this season, and we're we're about to move now to the next season. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit of a breather here over the next few days, Well, we'll see because I got to record a college basketball preview tomorrow, and then we get to football a couple days from then. Uh, But I'm gonna probably, I might have a week here where I ease up a little bit and I relax a little bit. So don't be surprised if there's a if I take a week off um, from podcasting at some point in November. Here, we'll see. I mean, I'm not sure when it will be or if it'll happen, but uh, definitely catching my breath a little bit. But. I had such a fun time. It was such a great ride, and we'll have plenty of content here in the offseason covering baseball, but also we'll have lots to cover with college football and college basketball and definitely some NFL in there as well. So make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita Show. We will have a college basketball preview. Probably, I don't know if it'll be one part or two parts. It'll be coming out very, very soon, and then uh, we're going to have some Football stuff coming out early next week. So make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita show. Log on to my site, jackvita.com. And until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.